Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Um, now, do not text us today because we're not live, but you can follow us at Frank on the Radio on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. Um, Hello, good morning, boys. everyone. Morning. <laughs> is that what? Um, it was that what the Superbra advert used to say? Hello, boys. Hello, um, boys. The Wonder Bra. I like Super Bra, though. That, oh, was is it that Super? Like, oh, maybe Super Bra was That's some what sort of Superman thing. wears to keep what, his Super pets. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, Ava Herzogova, Frank, who you yes. met once, didn't you? I didn't meet her. I got close enough to be overawed. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to her? What do you think she's doing now? This precise moment, Saturday morning, Ava Herzigova. I don't imagine she's an early riser, do you? Or does she have, does have a personal trainer um, blasting their horn outside the beach house at 6am? Oh, she'll I... be juicing. She'll be juicing with an oligarch. Oh. Yeah. Juicing with an oligarch. I think she's frying five eggs in lard. <laughs> no. <laughs> <I think>. Not... <laughs> That's Heva Herzogova, <laughs> H-E-A-V-E-R, the, the oh, well-known hangover sufferer. Oh, sorry, I got the wrong, yeah, my mistake. What did you go for? Heva. <laughs> um, she, um, that, yeah, well, if any anyone listening has got a better idea of what Ava Herzogova is doing at 8am <laughs> on a Saturday morning, you can't, you can't uh, text us. Direct, but uh, I'd love um, we can read it out next week at the same time. I would have thought her um, Saturday mornings were relatively uniform. She's got the cold ice maiden look of someone who's super efficient, mm. wouldn't you say? Well, my last sighting of her was as a diamond ambassador. Uh, so, ah, diamond mm. ambassador. I mean, it, it comes to us all in later life that, that role, but. Um, I have to say the term ambassador <laughs> is during my lifetime as dwindled, shrunk and been <laughs> trodden into the dirt. You know, well, I'm, I remember Jerry Halliwell, God bless her, was a, was a ambassador and stuff yeah. like that. Yes. There's ambassadors of all sorts of uh, strange things. Yeah. Um, anyway, if uh, good old Ava, take care of yourself. I've actually... Uh, um, I've, got take a, care of I've got care yourself. I've got a sheet of paper here for... Uh, careers to replace the live comedy income that I used to have and I'm just going to cross <laughs> Diamond Ambassador off it now yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's a tricky one I think, I would like to think that she had to carry a small black velvet string tie bag <laughs> I think that's just all she had to do yeah, um, <laughs> that was her dinner in there oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> no I think she uh, keeps her uh, a dinner in uh, an incense burner <laughs> and she just um, inhales inhales root vegetable dust yeah um, I don't know she might be a big one nowadays could be I doubt yeah. it so um, we were talking uh, I thought of you this week Emily Dean when I uh, you were talking about how you felt that you're oh, very I must say very very high standards in dress had somewhat um, relaxed during mm. uh, lockdown. You remember lockdown? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I noticed um, this week that I had, um, well, not just a, a shirt, I had a suit. I had a, um, I was wearing at one point a John Bishop's Week of Hell suit. Um, <laughs> John Bishop's Week of Hell was a thing that happened on... Um, on sport, relief. sport relief, yeah, yeah, and I, um, it was, it was not, I was not directly involved, but they asked me if I'd run um, with uh, John Bishop as part of it, and I ran, I think, seven miles with him. But to be honest, they'd they'd beaten that the the the, uh, the enthusiasm out of him with rowing and all sorts oh, yeah. of things. Mm. So he was he was he was um leading a fairly sluggish pace, which I found it easy to keep up with. But what well, the nice thing was they gave me a, a lo loads of really quite nice uh, sportswear. 
track suits and stuff. But all of it, sadly, was emblazoned with uh, <laughs> John Bishop's Week of Hell. <laughs> and um, so I don't, I'm, I'll be honest, I don't really wear it that much. But since I've been in a lot, I was actually wearing both trousers and sports trousers and the top with John Bishop's Week of Hell on. And I thought, no. I mean, you know, God bless, he's a lovely man and that, but I'm sure he doesn't want to wear stuff with my name on. Um, and uh, I just thought, no, it, it's th this far and no further, was what I thought. Frank Skinner. Yeah, I was talking about um, John Bishop's Week of Hell, which was a thing that happened, I think, on Sport Relief maybe five years ago, something like that. And I've got so much, um, so much merch from me some of it just says bishop's week of hell and i try to sell it off as as a religious um thing yeah, that was that work. thomas like a ah, thomas a sort of a dark night of the soul <laughs> <laughs> I, I got this i got this when i took part in uh, st john of the crosses uh sport relief thing what i tell you frank murder in the cathedral that was a bad week <laughs> yeah wasn't it but um it um it made me think about i don't even wear I don't wear anything that's got me on. Over the years, I've been sent oh, T-shirts with me on. Yeah, and I can't. On the ground. <laughs> I can't walk around with, with. I mean, I, there was one tour. Every tour I did, I would have a conversation with my management, management where they'd say, "Are we going to do merchandise?" And I always said, "Look, the people who like me are not very merchandisey people." <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, one Why do you say year, that, Frank? Because I just said that they could be bothered when they yeah. could be spending that on drink. Know <laughs> um, your crowd. And, yeah, they've come to see me, you know. If they've paid for a ticket. Um, I don't expect them to get, um, a, you know, a, a, a bottle opener with me on. Anyway, one year we, we were offered such a good deal by this merchandise company that I agreed to it. And I still have a large box of that merchandise, including a sort of a slightly space age, high fashion tunic um, with my name on. When you say high fashion, when you say high fashion, Frank. When I say high fashion, it's the sort of thing that if you had a sci-fi, if you're watching a sci-fi show, the main people wouldn't wear it. Uh. But when they spoke to members of the crew, they'd be having it. It's had that sort of black nylon-y, zippy type feel yes. to it um, you've got frank skinner merch at home yeah well any, we had to do something with it at the end of the tour any the in man, excel <laughs> the man who actually owned the merchandise company i bumped into in the street and he said um you know i've got like 500 of those mugs that we had made with one of your disgusting jokes on it that's <laughs> <laughs> all i said i said to everyone no, my crowd don't buy merchandise. But anyway, I've got it, but I can't wear it. I'm, you know, I wear John Bishop's uh, merchandise at the push, but I can't wear my own. If yeah. anyone owns any uh, Frank Skinner merchandise, um, please let us know, by the way. Um, I'd love to know if there's any still out there. Uh, official, please. Yeah, official, okay. yeah. And when you, wear, um, when you wear John Bishop running kit, do you have to move diagonally or...? <laughs> oh, yeah. very fine. Yeah. Thank you. Very do you, fine. Um, I remember because you came over a bit funny, Frank, when you saw John that, Bishop in a towel. Do you remember? Did you? In the hotel room. Oh, well, I remember yeah. you saying he was like a Norse god. He Is was. more a very... that you had. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't so much. Uh, it was. Uh, it was much more physical. Than Just that. primal mm. lust. Yeah, he 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 did. He looked very uh, chiselled all over the place. Yeah, I think and, he works uh, out. Yeah, no, he did, and he'd been in. He was in the middle of a week of hell, so oh, yeah. uh, he looked. He looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, I love a bit of free merch, especially um, if it's. Uh, coming from a major charity. <laughs> um, that gives, makes it a bit sweeter to the wearing. Let's put it, let's put it that way. It gives it a little frisson of um, naughtiness. On Absolute Radio. So I got, a, I got a text message from the, uh, the popular broadcaster Jonathan Ross. Oh, this week. Did you? 
uh, tipping me off that there was a um, an auction of uh, George Formby mem- memorabilia. Do you say the L in memorabilia? I'm never sure. I, I, I want to say L? memorabilia. Memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. I think you um, say the L. Okay. And um, so I um, I investigated, and uh, there was uh, you know, the usual couple of very nice. Um, um, ukuleles um, of the banjolele variety for sale and some other stuff and um, anyway I decided that I you know I haven't shopped much just lately as you can imagine certainly right. not in, in shops and I thought I'm going to go I'm going in I'm going in oh, on the okay, George Hornby oh, oh yeah uh, there was something which I thought brought together two of my um, passions, and I thought, well, this is a double whammy. I can't resist this. So anyway, to cut a long story short, which is something I don't often do on this show, <laughs> let's face it. Something I've never done my whole life. Um, I, um, I ended up buying um, the Book of Common Prayer, um, which was owned by George Formby and signed in the back, Yours in Faith, George Formby. Oh, really? You bought oh, it, Frank? I bought it. It's mine. Oh, oh well, this um, is... It's for excited. a jingle or a celebration of some sort. Well, oh, Susan, beware of the devil. <laughs> your heart. Sorry, that's the only jingle we have at the moment, guys, is a live jingle of uh, <laughs> Dandy Livingstone's um, Susan, beware of the devil. I've found that it's um, it's a jack of all trades and a master of none, but it's mm-hmm. it stood us in good stead. <laughs> so yeah, I was very excited about it. It's accompanied by a program to a a, a 1913 event, um, which was attended by, amongst other luminaries, Princess Victoria. Wow. Um, oh. And uh, it included George Formby's dad. Was on the oh, bill, yeah. which was, that was that was on there as well. Big star. Oh, did he do a bit of a Robbie Williams, George Formby's dad? Robbie Williams' dad? No, no, he was first. He was a massive star, George oh, Formby's was he? dad. Okay. Also, well, Robbie's to be fair. He was a singer, wasn't he? I know, but I'm on oh. about like he was big time, George Formby. Oh. Uh, they call him George Formby Senior now, which I must that must be infuriating. If he has an, an afterlife awareness of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awful. Um, look, one thing I'd like to ask you uh, guys um, is, are, are we at, where are we now in uh, lockdown? Because I, I keep uh, hearing from people who are saying, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to go up to Yorkshire for the, for the half term. And oh dear! Can we do, can we do that? Is that is that acceptable? I well, start to feel like a question. bad dad because I'm still sort of observing <laughs> lockdown. I'm just going to check my contract and see if I'm meant to ask answer questions like this on the radio. I'm not. Yeah. Not sure it's my role. <laughs> uh, okay. We're not. Well, st- we don't have our lecterns and our our sort of little uh, ticker tape. Look, my main, stay alert. my main problem is that I'm getting lockdown withdrawal. I miss lockdown, lockdown. A proper lockdown that you've I don't like to see my... I don't, I, it's like when people cut cocaine with self-raising flour. Yeah. If you're going oh, to do lockdown, let's do it, you know. <coughs> pure. Pure, absolutely <laughs> pure. I want, I want the full hit of lockdown. <laughs> I want knockdown lockdown. That's what I want. And this, this lockdown light... Is is not for Frank. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I think we've reached uh, that time in the show where I ask if we've heard from the outside world. Yeah, I'd like to share something with you, Frank. We've had something in from someone who describes himself as a long-time reader, first-time contributor. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share it with you boys. It's with reference to a story you told last week about a surprise. It says, Dear Doctor Who, Dr Miyagi and Dr Versace, (laughs) I am Frank's brother-in-law. And last week, he complained bitterly about, I don't like bitterly, (laughs) about the surprise of his birthday greeting being ruined by the fact that we were waiting on the doorstep. (laughs) 
Do you want to quickly yeah. recap, Frank, for he readers who might not have heard? <laughs> I my I had the idea, my idea, to go right. It was um, Kat's sister's um, birthday, and obviously we haven't really seen them in the flesh because of uh, the current situation. And I said, let's drive up there. Turn. Uh, uh, she only lives like five miles away, less maybe. And um, I said, we'll have a handwritten sign. One of us will hold happy, the other one birthday. And then boss, my, my child can hold Auntie Rachel. We'll stand outside the window, get their attention. It'll be a lovely surprise. So as we mm. set off, my partner said, well, I've, I've, I've phoned her and, and told her we're on the way. And I was slightly outraged. Okay. Anyway. I'll continue. Jack continues, I should say. This is my brother-in-law, Jack, yeah. I'm also a sometimes scriptwriter. <laughs> I mean, he's playing yes. it down rather there. Yeah, he is a bit, but still. And I just wanted to posit as an idea, the idea that the surprise was lost, but in its place came suspense. And oh. suspense can be just as valuable. To do so, I have to quote Hitchcock at length. Apologies <laughs> in advance, but I think it's a really good quote. Hold on, let me give you a lead into this, right? Okay. There is a difference. I can't do a Hitchcock voice, but anyway. It's okay. There is a distinct difference, Hitchcock says, between suspense and surprise. And yet many pictures continually confuse the two. I'll explain what I mean. We are now having a very innocent little chat. Let's suppose that there is a bomb underneath the table between us. Nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion. The public is surprised, but prior to this surprise, it has seen an absolutely ordinary scene of no special consequence. Now, let us take a suspense situation. The bomb is underneath the table, and the public knows it, probably because they've seen the anarchist place it there. The public is aware the bomb is going to explode at one o'clock, and there's a clock in the decor. The public can see that it is a quarter to one. In these conditions, the same innocuous conversation becomes fascinating because the public is participating in the scene. The audience is longing to warn the characters on the screen, you shouldn't be talking about such trivial matters, there's a bomb beneath you about to explode. In the first case, we've given the public 15 seconds of surprise at the moment of the explosion. In the second, we've provided them with 15 minutes of suspense. The conclusion is that wherever oh. possible, the public must be informed, except when the surprise is a twist. That is mm. when the unexpected ending is in itself the highlight of the story. Jack ends. Obviously, Hitchcock is responsible for the greatest surprise in movie history with the psycho twist. But I would argue this is really sound stuff. And I would argue that knowing Frank, Kath and Buzz were about to turn up on our doorstep with happy birthday signs actually held us in suspense all day. And the reason why we were waiting on the doorstep was because we were excited to see them and it proved the highlight of Rachel's day. And the cake you refused was later eaten. End of message. <laughs> wow. Well, I have much to say on this. The first thing is, is, if he thinks that's the biggest film twist of all time, he never saw The Crying Game. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I'd like to return, if I may, to uh, my brother-in-law's um, explanation of why the birthday surprise um, shouldn't have been a surprise. Um, if you missed the last link, I'll try and uh, fill you in on the way. Um, my brother-in-law, I should say, is quite a, a major um, writer of uh, films and telly and plays, so I obviously have to bow somewhat to his... Um, to his opinion on this, but as you know, I don't really bow, bow very much to the opinion of anyone on anything. I think I think we all gleaned that from the tone on somewhat, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> um, you see, this idea of I I take the whole point of suspense. I think what I, what I was thinking of with but by surprising Rachel with the birthday thing was I suppose a sort. I was thinking about my theatrical legacy. In mm. that I I oh, think he's used enough. Because <laughs> I think it's after it's the it's after the surprise that the real joy of it comes. Because you look back then and think, "Oh God, remember that time we were just sitting around and then we heard that tap at the window," and it's 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 the gift that keeps on giving. Whereas mm. the the suspense ramp, I think at the time is great, but I don't know if you really do. We go back to um, 
at, to Psycho and remember those lead-up passages. We remember the moments, I mm. think. I think Hitchcock himself said, if you can come up with five good moments, you've got a movie. Anyway, what else? Or you could just say, great email, Jack. It is a great email. Yeah, I'm you. not. I'm not arguing I know. with that. I feel like you and Jack could have had this spat on WhatsApp rather than... Um... <laughs> we could have done it on, on phone. Um, by the way, um, Jack has a, a, a Netflix series at the moment called The Eddie, which is a, a sort of a gritty, moving, musical, Paris jazz club feel. Uh, check it out. Oh, okay. So, my son, um, he's, he's homeschooling, and um, he has to start the day with a Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. form meeting, and on a Friday they do jokes. Oh, God. And um, he, it's, obviously it's week five now, he breaks up today, and, but there was... Um, so he's running out, he's used a lot of his best material. You know what it's like, Al, week five? <laughs> oh, do I ever? Yeah, and... Um, I, think, uh, I think I'm about eight years into being on this show. Anyone who's ever listened to the last episode of any Radio 4 comedy show will know that material doesn't stretch forever. <laughs> anyway, today... Did you get involved cl- in that, Frank, ever, with the joke? Well, I did today, because he could not think of a joke uh, at oh. all. And I said, um, look, here's one. And I, I wrote one. I sat and I wrote one over breakfast. Um, in oh, between. I hear jo- it. In between Joe Wicks and my all brand. <laughs> and I said, here's the joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? Mm-hmm. I said, and yeah. he, he said, why is he? And I said, well, everyone will guess um, to get to the other side. And when you say no, it'll really confuse them. And then I think the punchline should be, um, it was social distancing. <laughs> Lovely. I thought, I but a topical. There's not enough topical in the kids' jokes. I That's true. Um, anyway, so he went on and there was a few jokes banging around and then it came to Bozzy's moment and he said, why did the chicken cross the road? And I realised it's not as well known a joke among seven-year-olds. No. <laughs> yeah. So it got quite a laugh on um, to get to the other side. <laughs> and uh. by then, mine was uh, felt like a terrible after the Lord Mayor show. So um, never work with children and animals, I think <laughs> they say. And it's sound, sound words. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Please don't text the show today because we're not live, but you can contact us at Frank on the Radio on uh, Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us through the Absolute Radio website. I, I just did that whole bit without reading it from anywhere. It's the first time I've done that in 11 years. Well done, and, you. Uh, I'm amazed that it's stuck. I only say it every week, three yeah. times. <laughs> it's amazing many what people, does... No, people please. are getting better at things during lockdown, and that's, yes. that's your triumph. Well, I, of mm. course, because I'm doing homeschooling, I've had a complete um, re- revision um, course on all sorts of things. Um, oh, yeah. There's some things, things that stock um, photosynthesis and oh, chlorophyll. Yes. That yes. came up, and I thought, I'll leave this to me uh, if you need any help with this. And I remember this. I remember it absolutely distinctly. Really? Um, trapezium, <gasps> yes. trapezium, vertices, and, um, oh. Oh, and oh, Carol. Uh, we're going to do some Carol diagrams today. Well, it's Buzz doing a degree. I thought it was. Yeah, he's, he's doing a degree <laughs> in uh, applied mathematics. Didn't I tell you that? <laughs> Carol, actually, Carol yeah, diagrams. It's high level at the posh schools, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to make this slightly literary, obviously, to try and rescue myself because maths yeah. is so out of my um, reach. Uh, Carol diagrams are a sort of a Venn diagram thing um, in the same school as the, in the same Venn diagram, I suppose, as the Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh, and they were invented by Lewis Carroll. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Big man. It would also, I think, be a great name for a burlesque dancer. But also, Frank, Carol diagrams. Oh, I see. I thought you meant Lewis Carroll. No, no, that wouldn't work. work. It wasn't that good a name for Lewis Carroll. I prefer (laughs) Charles Dodgson. (laughs) 
You probably called it our Carol diagram, didn't you? Exactly. In your neck of the woods. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting uh, what what you remember from school and what you don't. Like osmosis mm. has stopped with me, but many many yeah. things have gone. Mm. Um, it was the it was the phrase semi permeable membrane that I love so much. That did oh, feel like good. a line of poetry. I yeah. watched. Um, did you watch the? Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Not replacement sounds harsh, but I'm going to use that word. The okay. replacement for the Eurovision Song Contest. No, I didn't. Did you see that, Al? I, I, I think didn't. I know the answer already. I didn't know that it had been replaced. What happened? Yeah, well, of course it can't happen because it's you know it is a big live thing, and mm. people oh, would, yeah. um, would get stuff. Um, but they they had it on anyway, and it was. Uh, I look, I, I, you know, I know these are difficult times, but if I see anybody else on telly in their own home, I think I might just get to go out of my house and keep walking. Are you fed up of seeing millionaires just from their fed kitchen up islands singing? Yes, yeah, Skype, Skype picture standard, sound standard, people sitting in their own homes with no makeup on. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I'd rather tell he was rested completely yes. <laughs> just yes. put the test card on oh, oh i love that test card Al. yeah miss i missed the test card anyway what they did um they had a lot of very moving messages from people who would have been in this year's competition oh. which mm. left me i have to say completely unmoved <laughs> oh, and then they had a series of people doing recreating great moments from uh, Eurovision. So, like, you know, two big men with beards being Lulu and stuff <laughs> like that. And that actually made me really emotional and quite teary. <laughs> oh. I think because that is what Eurovision is about. And yes. I thought it's just a shame that that is not happening and that mm. all the parties aren't happening. Because I find generally people who are into Eurovision are generally people I like. Uh, and it's interesting that that was what moved me. But people saying, you know, the world is a tough place at the moment. I thought, oh, I've heard, I've heard that now, sure. <laughs> well, I do recommend checking out the Icelandic e entry. It's an absolute Oh, banger. I love the Icelandic and the Russian entry. Well, of course the, you like the Russian entry. The Russian entry. Well, if only I had the Russian national anthem I'd played at this moment. But <laughs> mm -hmm. needs must. Oh, Suzanne, beware of the devil. <laughs> Don't let him spoil your heart. Oh, I bet Putin, bet Putin would be in tears if he heard that. Oh, yeah, he'd be moved. <laughs> he won't be moved. That's his whole thing. <laughs> Frank Skinner. I should say that uh, during our um, mid-link conversation, uh, just going back to my brother-in-law's point about suspense versus surprise earlier in the show, that Emily pointed out very sagely, as ever, that um, I was completely surprised by um, my brother-in-law, Jack, writing in a long, detailed um, email. And um, it went really, really, you know, I really enjoyed it and it was great. And I'll always remember that email coming in. So another vote for surprise over yeah. suspense there. Thank you, Emily. And yeah. um, what else? Um, the outside world. Um, we, we, I'm sure we've only scratched the surface. Wait, do you know, that's very odd. As you were saying that, you can't see this, but my dog started scratching the table leg. So you're in uh, sympathy. Oh. We've had some... Um, We've had so many reader contributions and we do love hearing them. Mm -hmm. I've had, I'd like to share with you, Laura Long on Twitter, Frank, mm -hmm. just wanted you to know, I saw an elderly gent in Tesco wearing a brown leather face mask <laughs> this week and it reminded me of your lovely Christmas hat, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot in that, isn't there? Because, um, first of all, I, I, I realised that the only hat I look good in is those crowns that you get in Christmas crackers and I talked about this on the show and someone made me a leather one I said I was going to get a leather one and someone made it and uh, and, and I still wear it every Christmas um, but um, a brown leather face mask <laughs> this is someone who I might know personally <laughs> this bloke 
I mean, <laughs> I think we are as as it becomes apparent that we are going to have to wear masks um, for a, for a while. Yeah, I think there is going to be more individuality and yes. um, more idiosyncratic masking. And uh, brown leather is a great place it's, to start. Unlikely to get more <laughs> idiosyncratic than that meme that went around of the Spanish guy with a shoe tied to his face <laughs> quite oh. early on in the break in mm. the lockdown. Yeah, it's very handy though if you're uh, if you're going to make some sort of um, Middle Eastern protest. Remember the man hitting yes. the uh, the fallen um, Saddam, <laughs> Saddam Hussein statue with a flip flop. <laughs> yes, well, one of the great moments in modern history. I thought. Indeed. Yeah, I'm thinking um, I might uh, take the back off. A, or take the bottom off a tortoise carapace. Oh yeah, and wear that. Oh, that that, that, that look attractive. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Would you Sorry, carry legs? on. Would you use the legs? Or oh no, I'd just use. I'd, I'd hollow it out first. Oh, good for you. I think you'd blow it. You'd blow it like an ostrich egg. Yeah. <laughs> mm. We uh, we've also had a, an email regarding plastic surgery. I think you mooted that Vladimir Putin. Had uh, perhaps not had the best plastic surgery known to the Western world, and uh, we've had an email. Maybe Russia is a bit behind the West, and when they wheeled Putin into the theatre, they held up some shapes and said, "And what are you wanting? We have a nice octagonal." And he obviously preferred the circle. Uh, he oh. says, "Please don't give out many of my details for obvious reasons." <laughs> yes. Oh. Well, we're all we're all walking on thin ice here. I think my point was that his face, uh, the the point Bob's making it, his face became much much round. He's one of the few people who um, as who who did go for the the circular face. I think he was working towards the sort of smiley face from way back that ravers used to wear, (laughs) Um, but he wears it with a scowl. It's a bit different. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't thought. I mean, I don't know. I never think of Russia. As, I thought Russia's caught up now. They don't queue for parsnips and stuff anymore. I imagine <laughs> that um, plastic surgery was was up there with it. But I could be wrong. He doesn't look um, bad. He just looks like a different bloke. Well, well rescued. Mm. <laughs> I have a news story that I'd like to bring to your attention. There's a, um, as the newspapers have it, a rookie policeman. Has... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard. What else? Uh, Is there any other profession that you get rookie? <laughs> oh, that in normal circumstances, that would be a fun texting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, if only. If we'll only just we do it sort of on a slow version, you know, like those slow cooking people. I'm, we'll do getting... slow textings. Just email it. No, is this, other... is this, is this thought, I get, I'm getting rookie reporter. I was just going to say, oh, Frank, yeah. that feels quite Citizen Kane, doesn't it? But yeah, I think yes. it might be a bit more like Jimmy Olsen than a yes. real, what you get, you get in a newspaper report. Yes. But um, Jimmy Olsen, I don't feel as, as had his full um, share of the limelight in the, in the superhero um, renaissance that has come in recent years. And Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy? you he was, a, he was a cub reporter that worked at the Daily Planet, big friends yeah. with uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, but brave <clears> in his course. own right. Of course. Mm. But Foolish he's, of you me. think he, he would have at least a, a Sky One series, but no. Yeah. Nothing. Often you can't second guess the powers that be in what they commission and what they don't, can you? No, but it does make you wonder <laughs> if, the, uh, if the ginger, anti-ginger thing is still there, though it's not spoken well, It might of. be the anti-reporter thing. Maybe. You know. Anyway, this rookie policeman has <laughs> yeah. uh, has been banned from the job for life after stealing seven fry ups from the canteen in his first week. Oh yes, Which, most uh, British story ever. <laughs> it's got fry ups and a rookie copper. There's a lot in there. Uh, for a start, it means that in his first week, he did seven consecutive days, or he stole two fry ups on two days <laughs> oh yeah that he wouldn't have stole two fry ups well i don't know what he would and wouldn't do this chap because do he's... cafes still have that you live in the north i um, do Al. do cafes still have that thing of breakfast that are so big that if you can eat them they're free 
Um, it used I mean, to be I'd... a thing that used to get. They used to have a He-Man breakfast in a cafe oh, near like... where I lived in the West Midlands. The belly and anyone who could, and stuff Anyone like that. who could eat it all, it was theirs. Yeah. They, they didn't have to pay for it, which is a good thing. rewarding the obesity. Yeah, but it's got a sort of a... If you actually try and follow the logic of that, um, it's, it's, it's tricky. But um, there was... Uh, I had a friend who... Uh, Big Dave, who did it. <laughs> yeah. It had like six pieces of fried bread with it. Yeah, which even is, that would be a breakfast for some people. I tell you what, I miss fried bread. Yeah, Ava had to go for that. That would last her a fortnight. I don't know. I yeah. think she's a fan of the lard and the eggs. Anyway, <laughs> well, you, 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 might, you might be she'd right. She'd feed off that for weeks like a snake. <laughs> I'd like to see that, yeah. She'd live on it like bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Al. Anyway. So tell us more about the, the rookie copper and the fry-ups. Well, he, uh, <laughs> he, he thought he was in the right because he lived just outside of the zone where he, he would have to pay it if he lived just in... If, basically, you get the free breakfast if you live... 20 miles or more away and I think he didn't quite live far enough away but he was caught red-handed saying I'm not entitled what, to this but I should be oh very good Susan ah. <laughs> beware of the devil <laughs> what he said was the way he was caught was that another policeman <laughs> heard him say that he didn't oh, yeah. quite qualify and reported him I thought he'll do well when he that bloke <laughs> he, what he he's chosen his job very wisely, that <laughs> bloke who did that, the bloke who stitched him up. <laughs> he has got copper written all the way through him in granite. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. We were talking about the, uh, the rookie policeman who, uh, I mean, I don't like to call this theft. He basically ate... Free breakfast that he wasn't entitled to. I suppose seven. it's theft. You know, yeah, seven of them. But you know, even so, um, it's it's not quite. It doesn't. They'd have probably been thrown away if he hadn't have eaten them. But he could have paid mm. for them. You're right. Well, I think we're getting an insight into your integrity. I feel yeah. a bit sorry for him. I also I, the old uh, saying that it takes a thief to catch <laughs> a thief. He could have been a. He could have been a chap that was worth holding on to. I. I would have thought. I mean, he's been banned from ever applying for any job in any British police force for his whole who's, life. Who's going to be the first to say it's PC gone mad? <laughs> <laughs> That's really very fine. <laughs> it was you, Em. Oh, excellent. Oh, lovely. Um, I would just like to point out what he actually said. I'm less sympathetic, unsurprisingly. Um <laughs> It's like on the chase. I'm the one they really dread getting, aren't I? I'm, yeah. I'm the horrible You're the one Dodgers. of the Trinity. Is it the Dodgers? Yeah. Is that what she's called? Yeah. Okay. Um, Carry on. <laughs> what he actually said was, or what was overheard, was him saying, I'm not really entitled to this, but I should be. I live just outside the boundary. Or inside, so, presumably. Yeah. He meant that, yeah. He, uh, he said outside because I presume he meant the boundary through which you're allowed to claim it. But you know what? I didn't like that. I thought that was harsh. But on the other hand, Frank, I mean, it is a bit, you know, if you tell one lie, you have to question all truths. Oh. Come on. Yeah. What do you think if, you? He, if he's the sort of man who would turn his blind eye to a stolen breakfast, he might turn a blind eye to human trafficking? Is that what you're getting at? That sort well, of thing. Quite. Yeah. It's well, very I, scalable, I think that's, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that necessarily follows. <laughs> I think I could live with having a breakfast that I didn't totally qualify for. Um, it just feels like food already exists, so we might as well eat it. But not seven you know consecutively I mean. when you're... Oh, well, that's the trouble, isn't it? Because it's oh, one of those... Seven. I used to work at a, a, a furniture factory and there was a bloke that used to steal furniture every week. And I, mm, he sounds and nice. I said, how much furniture do you need? And he said, the thing is, I know now, I've realised in recent times that I will only stop when I get caught. <laughs> and wow. he, was, he was on, you know, he was on the slide. He was going and he just couldn't. He knew he, he would never have the willpower because he'd always been nagging at him that he could have had <laughs> one more um, poof. Could have gone yes. away with one more poof. But um, 
I think this chap's probably fallen into the same... uh, I'll tell you what shocked me about it, the fact that policemen eat fry-ups at all, because I remember (laughs) once having a... When in my drinking days, um, I was about 19, and I had a conversation with a policeman in the street who told me um, that what he... Uh, ate for breakfast was people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I can still remember his tone as a, I eat people like you for breakfast. I mean, it was, a, oh, I mean, oh. it was, I was a fright. He did when, say you're, a- when you're a drunkard, you have a sort of a hotline to the police. I used to speak to the police in the street <laughs> four or five times a week. I never speak to the police now unless something, you know, awful has happened. But then, we were we were out at the same time, you know, in similar areas, so you oh, get to yeah. know them quite yeah. well. I feel for this guy personally, but you know, we're he all, said he wants to different. build a rapport with colleagues, you know. And, so. and the chief constable charmingly said, "I consider this nonsense." <laughs> yeah, well, he said he could have paid and still built a rapport, but you know, you don't want to be the one who's paid, dear. And it'd be like when the tropical bird escapes into the garden and he's torn <laughs> apart by the common sparrows. Oh, God. <laughs> a bit like that. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. I'm still hungry for, um, for outside world reader contributions. Give me more. Well, you, uh, you mooted a week or so ago that um, you'd be interested to know what cardboard cutouts people oh, yes. had had in their lives. And yes, I, I was saying... Actually, that, oh, uh, you've had one. Whilst I was a drama student, I had a full-size <laughs> cardboard cutout of both Stan Laurel and another one of Oliver Hardy. Um, and I think they may still be in the, uh, in the corridors of the Welsh College of Music and Drama. Oh, d- they belong to you, them. personally? They, they belong to me, and then I handed them on to a tutor oh, when nice. I was moving. Oh. Fairly I like Frank's nice. acting like they're the Elgin Marbles. They belong to you personally. Probably as good. <laughs> um, uh, but we've had various uh, messages regarding what cardboard cutouts people had. Will can, can I can mess- I tell you something by the way? Just while we're on, before mm. we move off Laurel and Ahardy, sure I've got a. I can see them from here. I'm sitting in my uh, bedroom. Um, I've got. I don't know if you remember these faces. They used to. It's the things your granny used to have on the wall, and they're small faces, not as in Steve Marrier. Small, yeah. like china faces. Um, I think they're made of some sort of pottery, anyway. And um, very realistic. And you used to get things like old pirates and men in uh, turbans uh, looking very grizzled and that so that the artist could do face lines and I, I've got Laurel and Hardy in those little heads do you know the things I'm talking about they've sort of yeah, they're they're ceramic I, yeah they're a I little know. before your time I know but they were fabulously detailed heads I must go on eBay I bet there's all sorts mm. uh, available I oh, quite I fancy so. uh, mid 80s Bolivian peasant woman <laughs> I think... Uh, well, we know then, that, but then what about the, the decor? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, that's one where the facial line artists can um, really go Frank, to imagine town. going to a dating agency. I mean, you're all loved up, but in the earlier days, and that's what you are. What, got any types? What's your type, Frank? Yeah, oh. it's definitely <laughs> that now. That's my, that's my new catchment area. Medieval anyway. woman. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Bolivian. Yeah. Oh, Bolivian. Yeah. Um, well, Will Palmer has... Uh, texted or tweeted us i had a life-size darth vader that breathed whenever you went near <laughs> wow. it wow wow i took the batteries out when it went off in the night that would have been startling you don't you don't want to hear heavy breathing in no, the night do you no yeah. definitely well, not <laughs> also it just struck me that breathe really feels like it should be brothe in the past <laughs> tense oh interesting i think i think english grammar missed yeah. missed a bit of a well, there's obviously a bit of a. St- there's a few. Of, there's a few of those uh, <laughs> Star Wars ones knocking around because Joel Levy simply says Chewbacca discovered in a loft of a rental property. That'd be a great headline in a local newspaper. <laughs> 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 um, that's a good one, Chewbacca, because you get more bang for your buck, of course, because he's about um, seven foot. F- yeah. Yeah. Four. Well, that's a good a discovery. You might, you'd probably get an extra strut out of it to keep the the head um, erect. 
I would have thought. <laughs> mm. I'm looking at my Dalek now. I've got a cardboard um, life-size Dalek. We've had a few... I, I had John Wayne as well, um, those who didn't hear it last week. Yes, we had someone else. Their mother had John Wayne. And uh, we also had... I thought um, it was a good, gossip, good family gossip. <laughs> 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 Don't start me on Ackerbilk. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> We've also had uh, Kevin Keegan wearing a suit with flares, wide lapels and a kipper tie. This is from Dave Waddell. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and Kevin says he had a cardboard cutout <laughs> no. with Bill Shankly. No, nicked it from Burton's en route to an England game at Wembley, smuggled it into the stadium where it was hoisted aloft. Stewards waded in and attempted to confiscate it. Poor Kevin was destroyed in the melee. Oh, man. What, I mean, this, uh, so that could only happen in one very distinct era, and it did. <laughs> Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Um, don't text the show because I'm afraid we're not live, so I don't want you wasting your money. You can, however, um, contact us at Frank on the radio uh, through Twitter and... Um, What's it called? What's the other one? Instagram. Instagram, that's it. Or you can email us through the Absolute Radio website. I thought I'd learned it off by heart. I was fooling myself. Okay. I'll tell you what I did this week. Um, It's always dangerous to share something that you love with someone else. You know, like when you... I remember watching... um, Man with Two Brains, the Steve Martin film, a film I'd always loved, and I watched it with Kath, my partner, who'd never seen it, and I and I was saying, "Oh man, you will love! It's the funniest film." And because she clearly wasn't finding it funny, I stopped mm. finding it funny as well, and it oh, was terrible. At the end of it, not only was she sort of disgruntled that I'd led oh. her in to do something that was a waste of ninety minutes, but um. I felt I'd lost something. I didn't want to go back to that film. I wanted to remember it as funny as it was. I had a, not quite the same experience, but this week, um, my my uh, seven-year-old, who's actually eight today, so uh, my eight-year-old, although he was seven happy then. Birthday. Yes, happy birthday, boss. Happy birthday, um, boss. We, um, we had a bit of spare telly time, and I said, I, I'll show you a programme uh, I think you'll love. She like Harry Potter. I think this is right up your street. So um, I checked on, um, not catch up, whatever they, on demand, and they'd got all five series of Merlin. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, man, just oh, think of it. I legitimately could <clears throat> watch all five series of Merlin again. Yeah. Uh, and, and it'll Dreamy. be an act of kind, yeah. <laughs> so we watched, I would say, seven minutes of it mm. before he said quite boldly, I, 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 don't, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like this. And we ended up watching um, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties uh, <laughs> instead. And I'm with Oh, Buzz. man, I'm still, I'm still slightly shaken from it I was so calm. there's magic early on they get, I thought I hope there's not a big ver- I can't remember the first episode I hope there's not like a lot of talking about you know medieval politics and and all that and then the you know the magic comes 25 minutes in it'll loop. but the magic was almost like within the first three minutes and I thought great got him no no but you've got Doctor Who cartoon cat I mean imagine <laughs> He doesn't. He finds Doctor Who too scary. Oh, does he? Um, I haven't tried him on um, Bob Ross's The Joy of Painting. (laughs) Oh, we need to discuss Bob Ross. In case you don't know, I was talking about Bob Ross. Oh, are they? This was a thing I discovered recently in which a man more or less um, paints exactly the same painting every week. (laughs) And there's been, I think, 311 episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the Bob Ross news... I mean, well, he's no longer with us, Bob Ross. So. Um, Greer Riddell, Riddell, I'm going to say, who's one of our regulars. Hello, Greer. Uh, she, she forwarded us a link to a YouTube clip which has a video. She says, you should have a quick watch of this about Bob Ross from The Joy of Painting. It's about the company set up for his fans in West Virginia and why you can't buy any Bob Ross paintings. 
I've watched this. It's absolutely brilliant. I forwarded it to you two. Did you watch it? No. I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't I seen it yet. Well, I, I'm but sure I Frank Skinner can buy it. He owns um, George Formby's <laughs> prayer book. Surely he can <laughs> buy a Bob Ross painting if he it's wants. It's never occurred to me that one of the offshoots of Bob Ross uh, doing all these paintings was that he could sell them, of course. But now you're telling me he can't. He didn't. I mean, I don't actually want to give it away because it's so good. Please do check it out. It's absolutely. I feel brilliant. bad for our readers though that are on the on the edge oh, of yeah. their. Um, well, essentially, I mean, do you want me to beds. tell you what happened? I'm going to think about it because <laughs> Go I don't. On. They ended up. A lot of them have now ended up in the Smithsonian, and no. Bob what? Ross had said at one point, "I will not be the sort of painter that will ever be exhibited in a gallery." And he was very right. wrong. <laughs> well, I think he's, if he'd used the phrase shouldn't be, <laughs> then he would have actually been had it on the nose. Bob Ross. <laughs> that was Bobby Rydell with um, my teenage um, misunderstanding. It wasn't, but I'm just, I don't know what song it was, so I'm just going to say anything. I don't think there is a song called that by Bobby Rydell, but there should be. There should be. Yeah. Um, uh, we're talking about Bob Ross of, um, of course the Joy we of Painting. Of course You should check him out. He's on, um, he's on BBC4 and uh, Vice. Uh, very Moorish, very Moorish. Well, that's what people used to say about uh, Othello. <laughs> but I've I, I found I watched about seven Bob Rosses and um, I just can't watch the same painting happening again and again. So well, I've, um, I've, I've he's lost me, Bob. We've we've had other Bob Ross uh, information coming in. Hathers seventy four at Hathers seventy four has said, "Hi Frank and team. Did you know Bob Ross still has merch?" My friend received a mug for a secret Santa a couple of years ago. What was the one of obscene jokes on it? (laughs) (laughs) She watched him before his recent resurgence. I like the fact that (laughs) she's she's sort of giving us some kudos, you know, like when people say, oh, yeah, I was into REM before anybody else. Yeah, it's like I was an early adopter of the Smiths, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was watching Bob Ross um, back in uh, Series 8. Before he'd even (laughs) wet his brushes. I mean, yeah. I know we were laughing at the the concept of Frank Skinner tunics, but the Bob Ross <laughs> merch, for pity's sake. I imagine that mug um, is one that I wouldn't drink tea out of. I'd just use for my brushes. Oh. Yes. That's what, I, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. What he should have done, he's got an enormous sort of um, <laughs> afro um, yeah. in, in the days when, um, when white people still did that. And um, what he should have done, you know those sponges that you use um, to lean on when you're painting? Have you seen them like a sponge oh, on yes. a stick? Yes. He could have bought out a, like a, a figure of him and his hair could have been the thing that you leaned on the canvas. Again, um, I always think I'd be good at people's merchandise. I never had the Bob Ross meeting, of course. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was watching... Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet oh, yeah. this week. Do you, do you know it? No. I do know a bit. It's the sequel to, um, you know, do you know Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah. Oh, yes. I have to say Wreck-It Ralph is a, is a, a film about an, an old um, computer game character. I've never found out, and I could look it up, but I haven't, whether Wreck-It Ralph is a real, actually was an old computer game character or if they've like in toy story they've just created a world where he was i don't know the answer i'd love to know please let us know mm. about but anyway in this film he was doing a series of um youtube videos to become in order to become a sort of a youtube sensation uh Recky ralph and they're all varied all he tries every type of method to become popular and one of them it's only up for like four or five seconds. It's him doing Bob Ross. It seems suddenly he's got the afro. He's talking in that kind of voice. 
And of course, I wouldn't have got that. It would have been fine because yeah. I would have just thought, oh, that's him doing a sort of home painting thing. But obviously, it was a, it was a richer experience. That's a the very home. niche joke for a yeah for a well for I a suppose kid. maybe he was more part of the culture so that you know there's a famous artist in every oh okay sorry <laughs> yeah, well yeah and, uh, um, I yeah uh, Frank come on yeah I I um but I enjoyed that I enjoyed um, Bob Ross cropping up as a cultural <laughs> reference in a kids cartoon <laughs> really good I'm looking forward to now the uh, breakfast stealing copper. Been in the next uh, <laughs> in the next Shrek movie. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Now, people, I must say, actually, it has been a, quite a thin week for non-virus-related news. Mm. But um, did you see the story about the woman's banana that turned black after nine weeks? This woman. Essentially, she left a banana in her drawer, in her office drawer at work. Um, and she tweeted about it saying, look, I'm just very worried about this banana and what's happened to it because I left it in the drawer. And then she drove into work. She had such anxiety about it to discover what condition it was in after nine weeks. I mean, I don't know if can she's I allowed. Say, can I say, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed. Would that be um, classified? So I don't think she went to work as such, did she? It was, she was just, it was the, the, a banana mission. I was, think, yeah, um, she, she was going in specifically to get the banana. I feel Alan would be the closest to the crime desk correspondent. I, I think she should be allowed to do that. I think that should be considered an essential journey because she could oh. say, look, there's, there's decomposing fruit here. It's going to stink. And therefore, well, there's not a, a jury in the land that would uh, imprison her for that. Surely they'd go, well, that is an essential journey because that would really reek. I think the danger is anyone who's watched a lot of sci-fi that that banana could have grown and infested the desk and mm -hmm. it could have become animate, a yeah. sort of a bacteria um, banana creature. I suppose you could put that forward as supporting yeah. evidence. For... Can you say anyone well, who's I... watched a lot of sci-fi, you mean you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's more than me, really. <laughs> I, um, I did a thing now which I look... My, I became... I got in my car... And I thought, I'll just turn the engine over a bit. Remember people used to say that? I'm driven for a yeah. I'm just going to turn the engine oh, over. Yeah. And I did it, and a sign... You know, nowadays, your, your dashboard tells you stuff all the time. Yeah. And it said to me, um, running, the bat running the engine uh, while stationary will drain the battery. Oh. Um, I think um, it used the word... Because I remember being shaken by this. It used the word merely, and I thought... That's quite a thing from a sort of a robot comment. Anyway, <laughs> so it turns out you have to move the car. You have to drive, drive yeah. it about to charge yeah. around the block or something. So I went, I went, I did something I don't think I've ever done in my entire life. What did you do? I went, here come the inverted commas, for a drive. <laughs> oh, you know when what? people say, I just went for a yeah. drive. What a pleasure. I've never, I've never gone for a drive. I've always been going yeah. somewhere. But I went for a drive and um, I listened to T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland twice. How Did lovely. you really? That's quite a read long by, drive then. Read by T.S. Eliot. Well, I, th I thought it's going to need a good 40 minutes to get the, the battery. How? Mm. I loved you went for a drive. Who was it he used to do that? How was it Carnu? Uh, the Arsenal player, didn't he do I think, it? I think he was depressed. When, he was lonely he, when he first yeah. came to London, yeah. Oh, and he used shame. to go on long drives. But during lockdown, you need to move your tyres because otherwise they can level. I've, I've returned to my role as motoring correspondent. I'm yeah, afraid. but I've, I did feel, I, I was thinking, I don't know if I should be doing this. I, you know, I can't, where is the list of whether this is allowed? Because there must be lots of people whose batteries are flattening during mm -hmm. lockdown. Of course, they're all, this weekend, they'll all be off to um, local beauty spots. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I was... So, I don't know, I think the, the rotten banana journey, I, I think you'd have problems <laughs> making that stick in court. Not the rotten banana, <laughs> obviously, which would, which would stick a, That would stick to anything, I would have thought. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. 
Um, I was talking uh, previously about going for a drive in order to uh, charge my car battery and whether that was uh, within the government guidelines. I think one thing that occurred to me, if a policeman stopped me, Mm. um, I I thought I would say that um, we are allowed to go out. This was, um, you know, before they've uh, slackened off a bit. We're allowed to go out for an hour a day. Mm. for um, exercise. Oh, yeah. And dr- as Formula One is classified <laughs> as a sport, <laughs> then I could argue that driving was exercise. That's very good, actually. Yeah, I your feet have, uh, on the pedals. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it would have been, it would have been worth a try, certainly. Well, she, the woman with the banana that we were talking about, whose banana um, turned black after yes. nine weeks... And she went to the office to retrieve it, to the office in Glasgow. I mean, what I would say, well, did you see the condition of the banana then? It well, was pretty I've, shriveled. Well, I've had the, virtually exactly the same experience with a, a banana. In that I, I left a banana. I didn't realise I'd left Careful it quite everyone. like this. But, um, <laughs> Imagine if I said that. I left, <laughs> I left a banana... Um, in, in an office I was writing at, and then I went away um, on holiday, and it occurred to me that I'd left the banana. Mm. But I'd left... I, what I didn't realise, when I went back to the office, um, I'd, I'd, it was a book... I'd used it as a bookmark. The oh, banana? Um, I had. You know, sometimes you're reading a book and you put... It, instead of getting a proper bookmark, you just stick a, a pen a banana in it. Or in. <laughs> So um, I put a banana. Yes, yeah, so a pen, but never a banana. Well, it was, there was a banana on the desk. I, 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 I imagined I would, it would just be there for, you know, a few, for a day or so. Actually, you're right. I was just looking at my bookshelves now and there's a pineapple in a copy <laughs> of The Christmas Carol. <laughs> well, um, we really all use fruit Frank. as a bookmark, don't we? I mean, yeah. What well, else do you put in there as a This bookmark? was... Um, if it was Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, I, I can't remember <laughs> if it's set um, in any sort of banana-based places, I don't recall. Anyway, it was black. It hadn't rotted. I thought it would... I, well, I mean, I thought it would have rotted. If I'd known it was in the book, if I'd remembered that, I'd have been anxious that the whole book would have been destroyed. Mm. But... Um, it had gone black, the banana, but it didn't have a... It was just hard. It, it didn't feel like it, you could pick it up. It looked... When I first saw it, I thought one of the commas in the book had um, <laughs> been injected with some sort of growth serum. <laughs> Anabolic steroids. <laughs> yeah, just one comma had dominated the whole book, you know. Was it in Hemingway of- as well, on the, the mask of the short sentence. Deeply ironic. Just- was it a sort of piltdown man consistency? Was it, it was hard. Oh, yeah, it was hard, and I mean jet black. Not like you know, you get black bits on a banana that have still yeah. they've still uh, got a reminiscence of the original yellow. This was, oh, this was as black as a, the stopwatch background on an iPhone. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm just looking. Do you at know? That now. Um, I do. I seem to remember Tony Blair used to eat black bananas there was a story years ago that came out about him saying he specifically liked black bananas oh yeah oh i didn't know that yeah i mean this story really made me feel middle class because i saw it and thought oh i do like those sun-dried bananas from holland and barrett and then i thought this uh-huh. is the most middle class i've ever felt okay look i'm going to leave you on a on a question a cliffhanger question and then we'll come back with this favorite banana best fact <laughs> Stick around. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So um, we were talking about um, favourite banana facts, sort of thing that I know we all discuss. Um, mm-hmm. But mine is, and this is slightly, uh, you know, we talk about we used to talk about big moments on this show where people say stuff as if it's an amazing fact, and everyone knows it. Um, but my favourite banana one is that a banana is officially... Um, do you know what it's classified as officially? What kind of uh, fruit? Oh, I don't actually. Okay, it, Al? Is it Any a idea? seed or something like that? It's, it's a some... berry. 
Oh. I mean, that not. can't be right, can it? That's like the old tomato is a fruit thing. Yuck. It's part of my <laughs> yeah. business being a berry. Tomatoes, Yuck. you know that. Oh, man, tomato is just like red. If someone got tap water... <laughs> dyed it red and rolled it into a ball. That's that's a tomato. It's a fruit. So it's okay. It's a rubbish fruit. But a banana is a berry. I love that fact. What's oh. your favourite banana fact? Uh, let us know by uh, email. We'll talk about it next week. You guys got any? <laughs> Looking forward to that. Well, I've got my Tony Blair one, which I've just told yeah. That you. is a good one. The Blair. But I would say I think. The reasoning behind that. Do you remember he went through what I'm calling his crystals phase due to there were some Did external they? influences? Do you remember that? And I think it's because uh, the riper the banana, obviously, you know, the blacker it gets. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the intense sugar high, the energy release he was after. I don't know. Ask him. Yeah, but the problem is, um, if I remember rightly, the bananas, as they ripen, they produce some terrible gas that makes the other fruit um, ripen too quickly and decay, which I'm not saying anything about Sherry Booth. (laughs) But um, (laughs) because I've been... One thing I've struggled with during lockdown is uh, I I, I had some avocados at the beginning of lockdown. They have yet to ripen. Oh, you I mean, to what is it? Bag with a banana, do you? That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I, I, it only uh, occurred to me reading this story. Remembered the fact that you can ripe. You, you, it's a sort of a ripening fast track. Yeah. Instrument. <laughs> You're a right. Banana. So. Um, By the way, good info. Like, Sometimes yeah. this shows like a civic duty, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you. If there's any um, filmmakers listening. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I doubt on a, that. An, an amateur level, people who like to make, you know. I find if you put a thumbnail into um, the base of the stalk, hmm. there's, a, there's a tearing of sinew sound that the nail going through the sort of um, stringiness of the oh, stalk. Yes. Which works perfectly. If you're doing that bit in a film where somebody sneaks up on the sentry at night and twists their neck, breaks their neck, as a sound effect, the thumbnail into the base of the banana stalk works perfectly in that context. That's going to be very useful for someone. Yeah, Yeah, maybe my brother-in-law can use that in his neck. (laughs) I think his response would be, no, you're all right. That's the level level he's working at, definitely, (laughs) doing his own sound effects. Well, (laughs) you know, the world's different now. We've we've finally come back to a sort of pre-industrial society. You're right. right. Who knows how that will affect the cinema in general. (laughs) Um, No one will be able to go to the cinema anyway, so what's the point of making the damn things that's what uh, that's what we're all wondering <laughs> don't tell anyway that. um look um good luck uh, to everyone <laughs> and um don't forget um our um uh, to email us uh, the best thing you've ever used as a bookmark uh <laughs> keep it clean keep it clean please <laughs> um thank you so much for listening to us i'll be remotely and not live Um, If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, um, stay in unless you need to go out. And then if you go out, um, be um, aware. It's not going to (laughs) work, is it?